0: that that's the beauty of recording
1: that's right we can make it whatever we want okay we had a few technical difficulties today but i think think we're getting it under control <laughs> i i am recording from a small child's uh, old-fashioned desk in case anybody <laughs> wants to have that visual in their
0: head you're just trying to get into the right headspace for the podcast i understand <laughs> yeah
1: exactly i'm like a naughty schoolgirl today that's what i'm going for um <laughs> Yeah, I'm at I my friend's house a... and they have these for role play reasons. So.
0: <laughs> well, then it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. I am Adalia.
0: And I'm Rex. And welcome to episode 22 of Sips and Smacks. All right. Episode 22. I like that. 2 2. Um,
1: and we have a special guest with us today our friend Michal. Say
2: hi. Hi, I'm Michal.
1: (laughs) Um, She is a good friend, a play partner, uh, all-around wonderful person, and also a sex-positive associate therapist. And we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, kink-aware and sex-positive therapy today. Um, That's why we have her.
2: So we're excited. Very excited. Hey, excited to be here.
1: Good, but before we talk about anything, we have to talk about what we're drinking, because that, that's the rules.
0: Yes, um, and we always follow the rules. <laughs> we are
1: rule—we are big rule followers here. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we want to be. You know how it is. Um, well, I brought over, I, I knew that Michal was not going to be uh, offering up much alcohol since she doesn't drink it. So <laughs> <laughs> I brought a vanilla porter. Not very exciting, but it did fit in the bag
0: oh well i mean that's what that's what matters <laughs> at this point <laughs> that's really what counts
1: exactly went in there with my microphone and my laptop and all the rest of it so uh
0: well i have an ipa <laughs> mm-hmm. um it is voodoo ranger juicy haze ipa oh that good. sounds exciting yeah, it's got a cool can cool. cool nice i get to do some asmr bring- wait
1: Oh yeah, gotta do so the we, ASMR. We yeah, <laughs> the, the IPA yeah. opening. There we go.
2: <laughs> oh, that's very nice. satisfying. I should have. Isn't waited. it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it <is. laughs> um, I have a tangerine flavored LaCroix, which is one of my favorite flavors. Mm, that's a good nice. one.
1: That is a good one, and I'll, I'll say that um, Michal and her partner introduced me to um, the what is it the beach plum flavor.
2: Oh yeah, beach That's plum. That's a good one. Yeah, Great I had it for eye. the
1: first time at your house, and I've bought it many times since.
0: I gotta I gotta disagree. That's not my favorite one. <gasps> I know. <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: Don't and don't tell me you're a coconut lover. Oh,
0: I hate coconut. I cannot say okay, no. coconut. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: that's just drinking trash drink and lotion. Yeah, that's trash. Yes.
0: No, I, I, I like Limoncello. That's my favorite one. Ooh, Limoncello is good. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no, a good, a good mixer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I haven't mixed it with anything. Maybe I should try. And the, um,
1: is it the cherry blossom one? That's kind of yes. new? That's, that, yes. that's also a good one.
0: See, I didn't We're like that one whole... as much either. I don't... Oh no. No. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> you found one, I you found stick one. to it.
1: yeah. That
0: that's very you.
1: Yeah, it's that like is. you like
0: you find something you like and that's it. You're done. I find comfort in familiarity. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that.
1: Um okay, excellent, excellent sips, ladies. Um so Uh, Since you are our guest, Michal, we usually uh, ask our guests what their favorite smack is. So what is your favorite implement? It can also be the implement that you love to hate.
2: It's a really great question. I think probably it's like eh, the belt. It's got to be the belt because just the whole, the sound of it coming off, the sound of Mm. just all... I can't talk about it, you know, all the things. All the things, exactly. All the things. No, it's true. There's no other
1: implement, I think, that has that same, that there's so much to it. There's the sound of it unbuckling, of it sliding out of the loops, the snap that it makes, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, oof, it's very, Mm -hmm. very headspacey before any spanking even starts.
0: Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a good one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, my partner actually asked me the other day, like, what my deathbed spanking would be. Deathbed spanking. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is a little depressing. Like, I, I mean, I think I might be more upset about dying than like what my last thing yeah. is going to be. But <laughs> I went, okay, yeah. let's go, let's go with it. It was hilarious because he was like, he was like, well, picture it as like, it's like your behave spanking before you go to heaven. <laughs> Um, but I said OTK belt, like a good girl OTK belt spanking.
2: That's so interesting. I do not think of the belt as an OTK implement at all.
1: Yeah, I didn't used to. Um, but I mentioned this on the podcast last week that my partner's very good at taking non-OTK implements and making them OTK. And then they're like nicer <laughs> because obviously <laughs> you don't have the same the range. range. Yeah, the range. And I mean, I can zone out on an OTK belt spanking for like an hour. I mean, there's, I just, I never want it to stop.
2: Pretty crazy. Hmm. Yeah. And some, some belts, some belts can be, sorry, my pauses are just that the belt always makes me flustered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when I stop in the middle of a sentence, that's what's happening. Um, Understood. <laughs> but I feel like some belts making can be very nice, like really depending on how it's used. And then there are some people like our friend Graham, who she, can uh, oof, obliterated me i was yes. bruised for like a week yes
1: yeah. yes yes i that i understand <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyway good
1: one um all right did oh correction corner yeah, i was gonna right? about to and say if that, you
2: forget the correction oof, corner if i forget again, the correction
1: corner God i will send it. you yeah. to the corner <laughs> well i'm already She's in actually, a little a
2: child's school desk <laughs> under a sign that says timeout corner or timeout spot. Oh, my spot. God. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: you're right. you. I am. A- I'm in the timeout spot. So. <laughs> well, good. You deserve Perfect. to be there. because you almost oh, forgot. Wow. <laughs> but I remembered. I did remember. Anyway, do you even have any corrections, or do I just remember for no reason?
0: You just remembered for no reason. I didn't have any corrections. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's hilarious. I don't have a correction, but I do. It's it's a comment, I guess. Okay. Um, so you uh, your smack a few weeks ago was the ping pong paddle, oh yeah, 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 and I went thrifting this past weekend with some Spanko friends, so it wasn't weird that this happened that I purchased one <laughs> ping pong paddle, <laughs> <laughs> which was on sale for two ninety nine I did, by the way, get questioned by the person that I bought it from at the register. um, <laughs> sorry, they were like, no, it was. Yes, I was mortified. My face was red. I'm sure they didn't even—they didn't even put realize. two and two together. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, they didn't. But I was mortified because, you know, I knew why I was buying it anyway. Yeah, they were like, "Were there not two of these?" And I was like, "Um, no, I just, I just need the one." <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: so funny. <laughs> oh god, I, I know several stories of Spankos going to like vintage shops and buying yes. like things and the person who they were checking out with making a comment about it yeah like, I've, he- I've heard very, those too very recently a friend of mine bought a wooden spoon and they said at the counter oh this will make someone behave oh my like god I was just out.
0: drinking and I almost spit my
1: drink out <laughs>
2: uh-huh. <laughs>
1: yeah that would be a shocking one because I'd feel like that wouldn't you know if you're buying like some like vintage paddle at a you right. know, store then yeah you might get a comment, but a spoon. Wow, that person <laughs> sounds like they're one of us. So <laughs> I feel like no,
2: absolutely not. One of us could not make that. that that's scale. true. But oh you're my right. god, that's such a good
0: point.
1: <laughs> that is very true, right? That to find the spankos, you just have to mention it and see who's not, you know, who's turning away, who's looking at the
0: ground, r- yeah.
2: who's blushing, running out who's of the room, not saying
0: anything.
1: <laughs> yep, that's that's how you find us.
2: Who's acting like a middle schooler in a sex ed class. Yes. Like yes. That's, yes. Yeah. That's us. That's absolutely us. Which
0: actually, anyway, that actually brings us, it's a good segue into the first question we wanted to ask you. <laughs> oh, there you go.
1: Middle schooler. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah. tell us about life as a middle schooler. No. Um. <laughs> she is a middle, so you could have gone there. Oh, I could have. Oh, shoot. Yeah. All right. Well, right. <laughs> She'll get there. We'll right. get there. Um, I missed that opportunity. But the first thing that we wanted to talk about was just like, tell us about like your Spanko journey, you know, like realizing it and coming to terms with it, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm actually, I'm actually actively writing a book about this right now with another therapist. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah, about um, neurodiversity and kink and like the, the stages of development around fetish. Um, so anyway, my, my personal story is I remember being about like probably three years old. I was at a babysitter's house. I remember I was wearing a Bart Simpson t-shirt that was like down to my knees. And uh, one of my babies, my babysitter and her sister were hanging out. And one of them was like, if you keep doing that, I'm going to spank you. And I remember hearing that and not knowing what the word meant, but being like, (gasps) what? And then she grabbed her sister and pulled her over her knee and like started smacking her. But it was like somewhat playful. And I was like, what was that? How do I find out more about that? Um and then of course like I read um Little House on the Prairie I watched the Jack Frost cartoon from the 30s where mm. a baby bear gets spanked over and over and over again uh there yes. was an episode oh, yeah 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 I had it on a compilation of like winter like christmas things um and I watched that so many times all year round um and you know I remember like leaning in when people were telling stories about being in trouble etc and then when I was about like about actually like twelve years old, it was actually why I said the thing about sex ed is, I was in seventh grade. I was in like uh, some sort of class where we were reading a reading a book out loud, so English or something. And this kid with a stutter is reading a passage about someone being threatened with a switch. Oh no! And I remember he had a stutter because he repeated the sentence <gasps> multiple times, and I was. So flustered, and I look around the room, and I'm squirming, expecting other kids to be, like, tittering or, like, you know, right. squirming. And I'm like, oh, I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. But in sex ed class, everyone else was squirming, and I was fine. I'm like, okay. Penis goes into the vagina. What's next? <laughs> yeah, like, oh,
1: whatever. That is so funny. You saying that just triggered a memory of I had this book when I was little called "Where Do I Come From?" That was mm-hmm. all that you know, like literally just laid it out for kids, like penis in the vagina. And my mom always tells this funny story about how I was just calmly sitting in the back seat, like, oh my god, reading, reading it out loud. And so of course, like she was horrified. There was like some friend in the car or something, and. I remember that book, but yeah, I could have cared less. But do you think I was reading, uh, the old woman in the shoe out loud? No, I was like sitting in my closet, reading it over and over, but no way Mm -hmm. could I have read it out loud. Mm
2: -hmm. So yeah, it's Mm -hmm. really
1: interesting how differently we're wired. And at such a young
2: age. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so that was how I kind of, I figured out I was different. And then probably somewhere in my teen years, I figured out that BDSM existed. And I was like, but I'm not like that. like, I I felt that scared me like I was you know I was a teenager so I don't I don't judge it at all right now but as a teenager I was like that looks scary to me that's not what I want what I want probably doesn't exist because I thought it was weird to want someone to ground you like Mm -hmm. that seemed strange you know like want someone to like give you rules yeah Like slightly more normalized because I have enough friends.
1: (laughs) Right. It's normal in our community, but yeah.
2: For sure. Um, And then when I was 19, I found a website called bottomlines.co.uk. And it was the first time I had ever seen a website just dedicated to spankos. And it was like light blue. And there were like cute little like cartoon butts on it. Like it wasn't – it didn't (laughs) scream like – leather and red and black it wasn't felt life you know and um yeah I met someone from that site I met a few people from that site and then I, I started to over time like drift into the community that's that's how I figured it that's out that's your spanko journey
1: and um tell us also a little bit like where are you now tell us about like your your partner and or I don't know if you consider them partners what what where are you with your spanko life Your
2: Yeah. Yeah. So there was definitely some time in my twenties where I like stepped away from the scene. There's an in and out. I've definitely had some traumatic play at times too. But I moved back to Los Angeles after I got my master's degree and six weeks later, and I decided to work with a friend of mine to try to build up the Los Angeles Spanko community in a healthy way. And we started doing that in 2019 and we had a munch and the only new person who came was my now partner. And he and I started talking, and we just haven't stopped since. That was August of 2019. And, um, yeah, he is – I could gush about him for an hour. Um, I I love him dearly. Um, He is a Spanko who, like, hadn't really understood that – he never, like, did anything on his own. Like, he he started his own journey when he was, like, 34. And this was his first Spanko munch ever. So – I got to kind of like (laughs) teach him a little and he's a switch. And at the time he was kind of bottom leaning and he's much more top leaning now. I'm a bottom with switch tendencies. He's a switch that can go either way. And today we have rules and he keeps me accountable for them at times. Um, And we got a roommate who is also a Spanko who uh, pretty quickly they started to develop a dynamic. So like she calls him daddy. I call him daddy. Um, but it's interesting because I think there's a fantasy of what that looks like in a reality, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, you know, he has a hard, stressful day at work and I broke a rule. That might not be taken care of that night. You know, it's not yep. like every night constantly. Like we're, you know, we're humans and we're all adults and we have emotions. But but it is definitely part of our vibe and it's fun and loving and kind and um and. I don't know. Everyone in our, our household, I think is very generous and loving.
0: That's really sweet. (laughs) That's so sweet. (laughs) I just, I love love, you know, I don't know. I'm
2: (laughs) such a sap. Me too. (laughs)
0: Yep.
1: I can attest. They are all three lovely people. Um, people that I love to hang with. Uh, all right, so, uh, so then what led you to therapy, to becoming a therapist? What was that journey like?
2: Yeah, so in my early 20s, um, I joined a 12-step program, and I had a sponsor that was like really not for the Spanko community and me being a part of it. Um, there was a lot of like stigmatization there, and uh, I was trying to have like normal vanilla sex, <laughs> and it hurt really bad really badly. Um, I have vulvodynia, which, and also didn't know at the time I'm asexual. (laughs) So it just was like, this is not working. And I started to like look up spanko things again. And I thought there was something wrong with me. I was like, all I wanted to do was meet spanko people. And I started to do, I never did it in a healthy way. Let me start by saying that I always was so eager that I would throw caution to the wind and meet whoever would meet me and get myself into dangerous scenarios. So I think that's part of why my sponsor thought it wasn't good for me, because I I wasn't, I was too frenzied to do it safely. Um, So one day I'm like, maybe I have a sex addiction. (laughs) I do not have a sex addiction. I was like, maybe that's what's wrong with me. (laughs) And so I called this place called the Center for Healthy Sex in Los Angeles. And I got placed with this, like, just out of grad school sex therapist. And she was lovely. And she helped me with my lulodynia pain, but also helped me to really accept my, my fetish. And over time, after a few different jobs and life changes, I was like, I want to do what she does. And yeah, that kind of led me to where I I am today.
1: That's, that's awesome. You basically answered what my next question was going to be was like, why do you think that kink aware therapy or sex positive therapy is important? And I feel like you kind of nailed it right there, which is that a lot of us come to this, I think, thinking that there's something wrong with us um, because it is so different and so niche and we don't see it around us. We don't hear about it in sex education. Um, you know, even the little bit that we do see BDSM doesn't always fit exactly what our thing is. Um, and so I just love it that there's more and more people out there to kind of like catch us, (laughs) you know,
2: um,
1: and tell us that it's okay. Like, you know, what what we have is normal. It's not Uh, common but it you know it is normal and we can enjoy it and have normal healthy sex lives like anyone else you know
2: absolutely yeah and so now I'm a kink aware therapist for basically um, my one limit is I don't accept any if someone I figure out that someone's a spango client I don't accept them but I'll accept any other fetish (laughs) any other kink (laughs) well only because
1: our community is so small that it would you, you would There's a way to see that person. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's no way to have – Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's just no way. Like the Spanko community, our friend community in Los Angeles is like 25 people. So like if I got a Spanko client and then I go to national parties and even the biggest national parties are maybe 500. So I – you know, for (laughs) confidentiality reasons, ethics, and sanity, that's my one limit as a Kinkoer therapist is I don't see uh, other Spankos. That makes sense. Yeah, I understand that. Totally
0: makes sense. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, speaking of, uh, for any of our listeners out there who might be interested in finding a sex-positive or kink therapist, how does one do that?
2: Yeah, so there's, there's a bunch of different ways. The most known way is to go to a website called asect.org, A-A-S-E-C-T.org. Now, that's an organization that stands for the American Association of Sex Educators counselors and therapists i believe um it's a very expensive accreditation to get though and there are lots of kink therapists that do not have that like certification essentially um there's a website called kink aware professionals as well i also just say like if you look up a therapist and they say that they're lgbtqia plus friendly and they have that they work with like the trans population and they work with the fetish a lot of people will have what they have that they work with like what's considered alternative sexualities. Mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't love that term, but yeah, I don't know what the right term is. <laughs> it's hard. But We've talked
1: a lot about terminology, and it is hard to find the right term. Yeah. You know, it's...
2: Absolutely. I, I heard, I've heard it called gender sex minorities before. Hmm. Um, so I, I think a lot of people are putting it on their profile, and there's a, lot, there's a website called mentalhealthmatch.com where you fill out a little quiz, and it finds the best therapist for you. And a lot of, I believe that there's one that's like a, you can click like kink aware under one of the boxes.
0: Just so you know, I'm so Googling Rex, all of these. I, <laughs> as I was, you number, one, I,
2: number one, I was going to say, I can hear
1: you typing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then number two, I was going to say, I know you just went through a therapist search. So like, maybe you can speak to that because you are in a more, you're not in as big of a, a city as us and like how did
0: that go yeah so finding a therapist (laughs) was hell um so first of all just like finding a therapist period is really hard right now but like and then trying to find one that I feel comfortable talking to about this kind of stuff is really hard um (laughs) a lot so there was like a there were a few people who I remember thinking like oh, this would be a good person to talk to. And then you look at like their profile and says, not accepting new clients at this time. It's like, okay. okay. It's a hard time right now. I know this like
1: post pandemic time. I have heard that, that it's like people are just swamped. Therapists are swamped.
0: Yeah. Like I'm not blaming the therapist. It's just like, (laughs) help me. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) All I want is help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I... I do remember going to the kink. There, the the kink and polyamory aware oh. professionals directory. I I did go there to start my
2: search. Um, there weren't any in my area. <laughs> what about virtually? Because if they're licensed in your state, they can see you anywhere from the state. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. Like there just weren't very many. Period. <laughs> in yeah. like my state, yeah. so yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was going to ask about the virtual thing. So they have to be licensed within your state. Is that how that works? Yes. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, it seems like in today's, you know, day and age, like that could be.
0: Right. Yeah. And I don't mind, like, so I don't know about other people, but so I've been to a number of therapists because I'm have a lot of problems I guess I don't know <laughs> so um I don't want to say that I mean people can go to as many therapists as they want and you know yeah. whatever
2: good <laughs> um I can't count how many I've had yeah so. exactly
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh so I
0: um where the fuck was I going with this oh yeah okay so <laughs> <laughs> uh so I was just gonna say like I I tend to like going in person like it just kind of helps like keep me accountable and Stuff like that. Like, I feel more comfortable being in an office that I know is private. Not that I don't want Dan to listen. Like, that's not what I'm worried about. It's more like I just like being there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's just for your – Yeah. Like, that helps with your mental, you know, putting yourself in that space. I get that.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I think a lot of us are also – like, I'm 100% virtual. um, And I think more and more therapists are. I – and for me it's just because I started being a therapist in 2020. Mm-hmm. Right. So I never had an office and now to get an office in LA would cost like $1200 a month. Yeah. So um but but yeah, it, it I I find for myself with like my own therapists it, ta- it has taken me longer to build rapport with them mm. virtually yeah. than I did in person. It's it's still there. It just took more sessions.
0: Yep. I yeah, I yes. <laughs> I don't know how i to say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly, I've actually been doing walk-in talks with my therapist, which is a a new thing for me. Um, I do that. I like that. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I I feel like it's like you getting your body moving. So it's kind of like frees up the mind too. And you're not, you know, you don't have to like sit there and stare someone in the eyes, which sometimes actually makes it
2: easier to talk about difficult topics. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I so. actually did one of those this morning with a client. We went for a walk. We were going to go on a hike, but we got to the trailhead and this is the most LA problem in the universe. There was production there. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> like there were trailers and craft services and I was like, "Oh gosh, dang it." And so like I I text them and I'm like, "We can't meet here today. Um and we we improvised another space to meet, but yeah.
1: That's funny. That's very typical.
2: That is that is very LA. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. I don't have that. Problem. I
1: guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. You could take a walk and talk for a long ways and be totally in, uninterrupted by anything. All right.
0: Well, I have to deal with that crazy farmers market. <laughs> the farmers market traffic. traffic yeah. Just, I mean, that's that's nuts. How do yeah. you
1: survive? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was going to ask, like, for people who are, you know, nervous to talk about this kind of thing, like, even with a kink-friendly therapist, like, do you have any suggestions or do you remember when you first
2: told a therapist about it? Like,
1: you know, that, that whole thing, the coming out to your therapist.
2: Yes. So (laughs) what I will say is that, like, I am autistic. I'm on the spectrum. So... I have very little like filter, so it wasn't actually that it was no problem. Yeah, I was just like, cool, a person I'm paying to listen to me talk about things, you're gonna listen to me talk about things. Um, So I didn't have much shame about that. But uh, what I do say, like, it's a few things. And I also was very, I think, blessed in a way, lucky that like, I hadn't had therapists shame me previously. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for people who are coming off of a bad experience, I think it's even harder. Because um, there there are therapists out there who will try to pathologize and say, oh, well, it's probably because you were spanked as a child, which it's, it's unequivocally not about that. Um, I was not spanked as a child. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. Um, but uh, so I, I would say number one is meet with a therapist for free. Like, I get like a free consult with them first and make sure that they feel comfortable to you. And during that consult, ask what their experience is working with people with fetish or kink. Mm -hmm. you don't have to share what yours is just ask what their experience is that's good that's a good tip also okay
0: I have actually I do have another question I'm sorry to interrupt you but Uh, don't be sorry for questions yeah (laughs) I I just like (laughs) so I think a common thing about therapy any therapy not even just like kink aware therapy is like disappointing your therapist to say like I want to try somebody different or not even just Mm -hmm. like continuing therapy Because of whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be something against you or the therapist or anything like that. It just could be just the vibe isn't right, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, so you as a therapist, like, I – so from my perspective, I feel like you just want what's best for us, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So can you confirm that? Just so, like, we (laughs) all feel
2: better. (laughs) 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 No, like, I – I said to a new person today, I was like they were starting with me and I said they were they're nervous to start with me. Like they're not sure if we're a good fit. And I and they can tell that up front. And I literally said to them, "If we're not a good fit, let me know. I'll help you find someone that is." Like I am not here to like take your money and run. Like I'm here to support you and if this is not working for you, like I would rather you be with someone that it feels right. And that doesn't mean that I'm a bad therapist. That doesn't mean that you're a bad client. It's it's about the fit, right? And right. I I've had clients before I've had clients quit in every way possible. Like I've had clients quit over text. I've had clients just say like not schedule next session and never respond. Right. I've had every kind of cancellation.
1: (laughs) The ghost. Um,
2: Yeah. (laughs) And like, uh, first of all, you don't have to worry about us. That's why you're paying us is to not worry about our feelings. Like the whole purpose of a therapist is you don't have to be concerned about their feelings or their trauma or what's going on in their day. Mm -hmm. Like you do every other person in your life um, that's number one. And number two, like, if you are worried about that, then that's a really good thing to bring to your next therapist. <laughs> like I noticed that I'm trying to people please with my own therapist, like help me out with that. Because like, if I'm doing it here where I'm paying you, then I'm definitely doing it in other places where I'm not paying people. Mm. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's a very, I yep. think that's a good point. Cause yep. I know a lot of people who, who do that.
2: I mean, I, yeah. I do, Everyone I do wants to be their strength. therapist's yeah. best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <It's the laughs> or get an, yeah. To get an A in therapy. Everyone. Yeah, I want the A. <laughs> I need the good. It's grade. so funny.
1: Ever since I told my therapist that I have a praise kink, I think like, she like at the end of the session, I feel like she's like, "So good job." <laughs> 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 it's like she knows. She's trying to push that button. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a so, little like I don't know how to feel about that
1: <laughs> I know I, as I said I was like maybe that's unethical no but I mean I think she's she is trying to like find something that you know she thinks I did well on but um I don't know yeah or I'll have to ask her about that <laughs> <laughs> maybe she's trying to people please me so there you go but she's actually been really great I, I was going to say that um I think one of the things that I was wondering is in seeing it kink aware therapist was I was like well I have you know kink isn't the only thing in my life obviously it's a big, it, it big part of my life <laughs> what shocker <laughs> I do other things um and I think I was surprised to find how helpful she was in other areas of my life but how knowing about the kinky part of me was helpful in that as well you know because it it is mm-hmm. it is a part of me in so many ways and then even talking about things like consent or negotiation um, can apply to so many things in life, you know, in in vanilla Absolutely. life. So Absolutely. that's been great. Like, it's, it's, it's nice to have that shorthand and to be able to, like, hear her say things like, well, you can negotiate that in this circumstance. Why, you know, why are you not able to do
2: it here with your family? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh, good yeah. point. <laughs> so... That- I yeah. think people forget that if you're a sex therapist, you're trained first in how to be a therapist. Like, right. the sex part is just like, oh, I've learned more. Um, I've definitely had people come to me and they're like, I want to work on X or Y sex thing and I, I'm going to go to my regular therapist for everything else, but I want to come to you for five weeks to deal with the sex thing. And And as we start talking, other things manifest and it's impossible to talk about the sex thing without talking about the life thing because they are...
1: You know, intertwined, yeah.
2: Intertwined, yeah.
1: For sure. And I mean, like the re- the reason that I started seeing mine was that like I was entering into a new relationship and I kind of felt, you know, I, I mean, it was confusing because I it was a new type of relationship. I had never been in a DD relationship before. So I wanted to be with somebody that I could ask those questions to. But I think most of my relationship issues are actually vanilla things. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do with the fact that we're kinky. It just has to do with like, my fear of commitment and, you know, other things that I've been scarred by in my life, um, that are not kink related at all. So, um, again, it's nice to have somebody who can just see the whole package, you know, who there's nothing confusing about the fact that this is also a dynamic, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. So that's been, it's been very nice. Um, I, this was not on our list of questions, but I'm a little curious because you are both neurodivergent, like, and, and, uh, Michal, you said you were working on a, a a book about it. Like what, what is the, like, is there a connection there? Like, I've heard a lot of people say that.
2: Yes. Yes, there is a connection there. Um, so, uh, I've been doing some research. Um, so I've been doing some research about the connection between BDSM and neurodivergence and, There's a little research out there. It's not very good. I have speculations as to why. Obviously, there's no real way to 100% know because we can assign meaning to why we do things, but it could just be uh, two things that correlate rather than causation, right? Correlation versus causation. Yeah, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But um, a lot of people like to attribute... So autism and ADHD both have different types of hyperfixation or special interests. (laughs) Tell me about it. yeah (laughs) of course we met doing fan fiction (laughs) (laughs) sorry this is pretty (laughs) much like
0: (laughs) over and over and over
2: (laughs) so i personally believe that that leads to you know maybe there's something you hyper fixated on or was a special interest as a child that just got stuck in the craw and and has been there ever since and that is essentially what a fetish is yeah, and I
1: do have hyperfixations. I, I don't consider myself neurodivergent, but I've always had hyperfixations. So, I mean, that in and of itself, I guess, could be attached to having a fetish.
2: Yeah. I mean, I have met very, very, very few people who have a fetish that are not either autistic or ADHD. <laughs> very or you few just,
1: people. I
0: could just be undiagnosed. So that's that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, women if, if are chronically underdiagnosed for ADHD and autism, so just saying. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was 17 when I was diagnosed with ADHD, and I was 34 when I was diagnosed with autism. Um, So I it was interesting, though. I was talking – I was at a friend's house last night, and he is both neurotypical and does not have a fetish, and his partner is – neurodivergent and does have a fetish and we were having this conversation and he said I actually wonder how many people have the same have an interest in spanking as well but are neurotypical and if they would come into a spanking space like a party or a munch they would be turned off by it because of the intensity that you all are into it with Hmm. Mm. because like we can all geek out like we could talk about it for hours, right? And like with an intensity that is like laser focused. Right, like
1: our is, belt talk at the beginning yeah. of this. Like we could have gone on for like an hour just on
2: <laughs> on one implement. Yeah. Yes, which is a very neurodivergent trait. And he was like, For example, I'm really into Warhammer, which is a game. He goes, But anytime I go to a Warhammer meetup, it's all people who are very clearly on the spectrum talking about it with an intensity that makes me uncomfortable. And he's like, I wonder if there are more people who are into what you're into. It's just that they don't have the laser focus. And I was like, hmm. Huh. I never thought about that's it. Like, interesting. It was, it was an interesting thought. That is an
1: interesting thought. Like we're the <laughs> we're the we're that end of the spectrum that's sort of like obsessed with it.
2: Yes. Yeah. But and, Yeah. And we are I mean we are, right? Yes. Like like I think we're fun to be around. Like you don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but like like, at our, like, when you know, we have a, a weekend party a bunch of us were at for three of our birthdays, and one of them, it was not a spanko, um, but she still had fun, so that's cool. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I guess my point was we were not so laser-focused that she didn't have a good time. She still yeah, had fun. Um, But, true. like, we played an improv game that was spanking-related. We did role plays that were spanking-related. Like, everything we did except for shopping at Goodwill was spanking related. No, that was
1: a little bit though because I'm sure people were getting outfits that they wanted to be spanked in.
2: Yeah, but we also all got like prom dresses to jump in the (laughs) pools. That was not spanking related. No one got spanked for jumping in the pool in a dress. Well, they (laughs) should (laughs) have. You know, I kind of wondered, but mm. missed opportunity. Next time. I think there were cameras outside. Oh, I mean, we could have been dragged inside though. Yeah, that's true. By the ear. Mm-hmm. absolutely
1: dang we gotta go back
2: yeah <laughs> try again it was a great house it was a great house rex you need to see uh yeah. okay i so, well, there's then another party rex will come back
0: i gotta come back i gotta fly back out <laughs> mm-hmm. you do you do definitely
1: definitely well on that note i think we're at our time
0: yeah so do you have for our, for our lovely guest who took her time today to come and talk with us. <laughs> do you have any anything that you want to like plug? I know like you don't want necessarily your socials out there because you're a therapist and you know,
2: <laughs> there's a line, you know. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I used to do a professional TikTok, but I have not. <laughs> I uh, unfortunately have ADHD and have not kept up with it. Um, I feel you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did it every day for 90 days, and then got like 37,000 followers. And Holy was like, shit! That was cool. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kept going. I probably would have been TikTok famous, but I have way too much ADHD for that I, stuff. So yeah, you know, I get you. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we uh, won't plug your TikTok. We won't plug the TikTok. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> it's 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 at Michal Rogers M S W M I C H A L R O G E R S M S W. If you want to see it, but they're all old videos, like and the best ones are the older older ones because that was when i really put time and energy into it. Okay. But Cool? Yeah, i i i would just say like this is not my own website, but i would check out mental health match for if you're looking for a therapist. For sure. Um and if you're struggling with like your own sexuality, some if it's religious related, there's a really great book called Shameless by Nadia Bulls Weber. Um that goes into how to like deconstruct religious trauma. Oh my god, um, I've read that book. <laughs> isn't it <good? laughs> really? So
0: good. Yes. Yeah. I, I kinda wanna read it. Like I don't blue, have religious like, trauma, but holy shit, you like just like <laughs> blew my mind. My <laughs> <end>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> I recommend it to a lot of my clients. Um that one, I really like Come As You Are by Um Emily Nagoski. Um and yeah, that that that's all I got. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'll have to check those out myself. Yeah,
0: I really appreciate you coming on this podcast. Like, I think therapy is so important um for everyone.
1: I, I do too. And yeah. and especially for us. Again, especially if you have something about yourself that kind of, you know, could could lead you to a shame spiral, you know? Yeah. Um it's it's really important.
0: Yeah, especially I, like last episode we talked about finding community, like Finding a yep. therapist
2: <laughs> yep find, think, find your community find a therapist, therapist
0: <laughs> and then you'll be fine
2: yeah. <laughs> i think we societally underestimate like how much shame affects our life 100 yeah. percent you live with that shame day in and day out about who you are as a person like then you'll just be at your job and you'll be feeling less than and not knowing that it's because I'm not exploring all these other parts of me, you know? And really having a place to, like, be fully self-expressed and be you and not have shame about, like, this part of your brain that you have literally no control over. We we don't get to decide what our fetishes is, yeah. our fetishes are. Yeah. Like, thankfully, we have one that can be acted out and played out, like, consensually and ethically. What a yes. relief. Yes. Yes. Um, But feeling badly for what goes on in your head is just a waste of everybody's time. Um, It is,
1: and it's you know, it's for me. It was a weight that I carried for a long time without even knowing it. I because I really because I did I put my spanking fetish in a box and didn't think about it and pretended that it was nothing important and didn't have anything to do with my life. I didn't realize how much shame I was carrying around with me. And when I let it go, it was unbelievable. You know, I mean, the change was. I mean, people literally would say they could see it in my face, people who didn't know what was going on, you know? That's amazing. So it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big deal, everybody. Love yeah. yourselves, and yeah, especially yeah. those parts of yourself. Well, you I, I think change. that's a
0: really good point that you brought up, though, too. Like, we are lucky
2: enough that our fetish, we can act out. hmm Yeah. hmm Yep. I, I think people have a lot of shame around what our fetish is because yeah. of the, the the thoughts and the stories that you hear that cause arousal, like mm-hmm. that can, that can yeah. cause a lot of shame. Cause like no one wants to be aroused by like the reality. Yeah. Yep. We've you talked know?
1: about that. We yeah. have our elephant in the room, uh, episode and we, we discussed that and yeah, that, yep. that part of it is, is hard and we have to do a little bit of mental gymnastics to get around it. But ultimately what we're doing in our lives now is, you know, sane and consensual and with consenting adults. So that's the important part
2: we can't control what our brain does we can't control how our body reacts like there's something called concordance and that's like how frequently your body reacts with arousal based on what you're thinking and like uh people are generally non-concordant like women specifically are less like they're when their body gets aroused it does not mean that they are mentally aroused mm-hmm. um which is why like you know you can see animals having sex and then i mean someone who's not asexual because the animals having sex and their body gets aroused and it's like why is this happening i don't care about animals it's just the body the brain is like oh this is might be vaguely related um so it's like we can't blame ourselves for what our body is doing it's a reflex it's it's just what our body does all we can control is like oh how do we how do we move through the world you know all right well now we really are ending <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: no that was i
0: think that was a good way to end though that's i think so too an important point very important message well
1: thanks well, thank- so much for coming Michal. we
2: we loved having you yeah thank you so much thanks so much for having me yeah it's been great despite our Loves technical difficulties
1: Techn- <laughs> we, we, no
0: one would even know
1: all the technical difficulties
0: you're right we i have. just shut up
1: yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um so yes, as always, please reach out to us at sipsensmax at gmail.com or on Instagram or at our Patreon.
0: Yeah. Uh and that's it, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Until next
0: time, behave yourselves. And we'll try to.